Hola, hola, hola. Welcome to episode 26 of Word to Your Mama. Today we got Liza and Victor Mark 27 Quinones, married couple duo, creative hustlers, and co founders of Street Theory. We get into, of course, how we met, how we crossed paths, how important Marka coming into my life, especially if you heard the episode with Men One, and that's how I was able to meet Marka, and that's how I was able to to get into so many things that I really just have never dreamed of. We start off with that, but we also start off with how are they doing during the pandemic and how having separate spaces really helped him out during the pandemic. So during this convo, um, Liza's at the home office and Marco's at the studio office. So they're both in different locations, which brings me to the first couple of minutes of this episode. The audio is not on point. And then like at the three minute mark or so, boom, pops in. So just a little heads up about that. But yeah, we talk about uh, a running theme on here about the nonlinear career paths. We talk about how they joined forces, how they 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 left their separate lanes and joined force forces to create street theory. Um and, and be able to go 100% independent. Uh, you know, we get into building that community and how important it is to align with your clients and so much more. We got questions and comments from the audience from Mad One, Mad Twins, and Say Adams, all legends in the game. Um, and then, you know, we get into the usual stuff. So let's get into it. It'd be, it'd be a mission. Um, yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for doing this. Um, let's just start off. How are you guys doing? How are the mentals? How are we doing over this past year? Um, we're good. You know, like there's definitely been ups and downs and, um, having a second space absolutely helps with the mentals because, you know, for a little while it was getting a little, um, crazy. Um, and so that breathing room is always, always, always good. Um, but we're good. Y'all we're homeschooling and the kids are fully remote. Um, but they've been happy and, um, and just really like adapted to the whole situation. And so, you know, I can't complain on that end. And I'm sorry, we're in Brooklyn. So there's ambulances and all <laughs> passing through. You can hear that right now. No um, so, yeah. So, so other than that, we're good. And, um, you know, work has been good, you know, towards the, the second half of last year, um, things got real busy and we've been able to continue to, to work and, and paint and do a little bit of traveling, not as much as before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, all in all, we're blessed and we can't really complain. That's good. And like you said, mentally, that space has been a like a... Ascend, uh, dragons and, and lords above send <laughs> mm-hmm. for the mentals. Um, yeah. So I want to start off, you know, as always, when I have amazing people on here that have been, you know, contributed to my life. How did we meet? Right. 
So I met Marka first. I believe it to be true. Mm-hmm. Through Man One. Um, Man One uh, is episode 25 of Word to Your Mama. And, okay. you know, because I was saying, I was telling him in the episode, like, I can't talk about building my tribe and my history, especially my history in art and music and all that stuff and not talk about, you know, man one, man uno. But also Mm -hmm. that's connected to you guys because I met man uno that started showing there. And then that's, I think that's how we connected, Marka, you and I connected. And then you so, you know, graciously invited me to do the Big Buddy. I talk about it. We had Woes on here. We had Kano on here. Mm. And that's how I met them. And, you know, you guys have, you know, you guys are part of my story. And then they became like super crazy fan. I talked to those motherfuckers almost daily. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's how I remember it. So let's see. What what do you remember? Is that correct? I can't, Is that accurate? I can't remember if it was cruel Alhambra days or if it was Cruess oh, downtown yeah. LA days. But it was definitely through Cruess. Yeah, for sure. And, and when I met Man One, he had, he was in Alhambra still, but he um he wasn't there very long before he got the spot in downtown LA. Yeah. And so many incredible people showed at Cruess, you know, and it's crazy to think about where some of these people's careers are now. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that um, it's just, you know, everybody's got their own path and their own journey and they're going to get to where they need to get to when when the time is right. Yeah, for sure. And then I met Liza, the amazing Liza through you. I believe it to be true, right? Yeah. Coming to the shows and stuff like that. But so so that's how we met and through those projects. And that just for me has it opened up a whole nother world, things that may, I never even dreamed of doing. So thank you. I really appreciate it. But I wanted to have you guys, I could have you on. I was like thinking, do I do them separately? Right. Cause I could, cause the, the trajectories and the career paths, cause I, what I'm finding out, this has only been since September, but what I find out, what I'm finding out people that I've had on here, all fucking dope as fuck. But I think a through line is that there's non-linear career paths yeah but i feel what's what we all have in common is that creatives right Mm. and you don't uh, you don't necessarily have to be a painter you know a uh uh into music or like you're a creative you're a creative out the box thinker and so that's why i was like let me have them on together because you guys I, i want you guys to elaborate on how you both are co-founders of Street Theory. So I want people to know more about that, but also just your how your paths, you know, uh, being married and having your individual paths. And then when was it that you, you, you made the decision? I'm sure like any married couple of, of worth, right? Uh, um, where there's equality. <laughs> there's no one person behind the other person. You're like side by side and it's you, you know, I always look to Raka like he's always like my code art director, creative director, like whatever I do. And then when we work together in actual projects, he's that too. But it doesn't matter. And I feel like you guys have like the, if I might be wrong, but I feel like you guys have always had that same thing. When was it where you guys were like, you know what, let's let's fucking do this shit together. 
Leslie, you want to take a stab at it? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been together for a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) I think coming up on like 20 years now, you know, that we've known each other and, you know, been together. And so I think from the onset, it's always been collaborative. It's always been like, you know, centered around art. You know, he was an art student. I was an art student at the time when we met in college. Um, and then, you know, of course, you know, him being the amazing, uh, talent and an artist that he is. And, and then me really just kind of dabbling in terms of, um, the actual hands-on process of creating art. Um, you know, but from the very beginning, we've always been, you know, wanting to create lanes for ourselves. And when people weren't putting us on like we were always like holding our own shows and throwing our own jams and putting down other you know artists and you know really creating spaces for us to just have a good time and show art and you know live in the vibe and be in the culture and you know create that for wherever we were um and so that's always been part of it um I think the turning point was when, you know, I was, we were living in Boston and Vic was um, working full time at Converse, but also like moonlighting, doing his art and traveling and like, you know, lighting the candle on both ends. And, you know, we're, I'm taking care of the kids and also, you know, working in education, but then also managing the art and all of that. And, at one point, I think, um, you know, I decided to leave education and just say, well, you know what? I think that we could really, if I, if I focused a hundred percent on our family and on really figuring out this business, then we could really work towards the trajectory of being fully independent. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was his goal too, you know, like he, you know, he didn't really, and I'll let him speak to it in a a little bit, but, um, the objective of, of really like settling down some foundations was always to eventually be a hundred percent independent. Um, and so I would say that that was around the time that, you know, we really decided to make street theory a thing and, um, to focus that with working with other artists and doing things around branding and doing things around mural events and um and activations and things like that outside of just market 27 yeah we really needed to establish a creative agency because what we do combined is so much more than what i do as as a personal artist mm. Not only that, it's what, it's what we've been doing combined for such a long time, working with other people, curating shows, um, working with brands, working with institutions, and also in the you know hospitality industry, people that own restaurants. We have friends that own restaurants and bars and, you know, just kind of helping people that, that want a DNA that kind of tells their their customers you know or their guests who they are and what they're about and helps them tell their stories because at the end of the day that's 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 all we're doing right when you're creating you're telling stories you Mm -hmm. know you're creating a narrative you're creating a dialogue and 
no matter whether you're whether you're a musician or you're a painter or a designer, that's always going to be the challenge is how do you get your message across and how do you connect, you know, with people? So that's that's what street theory ended up becoming was this this agency, this force that kind of um, really takes on a lot of different hats. But at the end of the day, it's, it's all about creativity and authenticity and connecting with what we know best, which is street culture. So I wasn't sure. Are you so you're completely independent now? You're not working at. No, I left. I left the corporate world. Uh, I'd say almost three years ago now. Three years ago, damn. Yeah, but you're and, back in N- NYC. Yeah, we're back in New York. Um, and you know, I would say that being in the corporate world, you know, it has its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people I know that um, that left the corporate world way before I did, and then there's people I know that have never even worked a corporate job their whole life, and I think that no matter what situation you're in, if you take all the positivity from it and all the things that you learned and gained and the knowledge that you've gained on how to deal with different personalities, um, how to deal with, you know, um, technical things and also briefs and, you know, people that are in marketing versus people that are in development, it makes you that much more um, basically able to work independently because you're taking everything that you've learned under this, you know, the system and, and taking it on an, ind- on an independent level and working with clients with already having that under your belt. So I'm, I'm thankful for the time that I was there, but it was absolutely time to, you know, to go on to what was next. Yeah, I, I, I speak about that a lot, too, on here. It's just my having corporate experience. You 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 get to know and learn how to navigate the bullshit, the bureaucracy. <laughs> And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, like, if it's, I come from the entertainment industry, if you're in education, when I was an active, you know, in the activist scene, I was like, there's some bullshit and egos up in here too? Like, mm-hmm. that's everywhere you go. And like you said, you you have that um, in your tool belt of skills and knowledge, then as your own company, you're going to be dealing with corporate clients, like if, if that's the level or people that are in business and you have to, you know, so it's just valuable, like you said. And if someone's never worked a corporate job in their life and they're creative, usually how they end up making it, you know, uh, to other le- higher levels is because then they end up partnering with someone who has that. There's always has to be someone that has that experience. I've mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, because they yeah. have to. Like, I don't know. You got to also, there's a certain language, a vernacular, right? Yep. That's what I was going to say, you know, it really allows you to, you know, speak their language and um, on the artist end to really kind of set the parameters that they understand how to work (laughs) with. Yeah. um, You know, in the way that can really allow us to protect ourselves and assert our rights and maintain a process and, and all of that, because otherwise, you know, if if artists don't know, you know, what that is, then then it's too easy to get taken advantage of in that world. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And all the for sure. Yeah. So how was it when, you know, it's one thing when you guys are helping each other out, supporting each other, when you guys are in your own kind of different lanes. But when you guys went full blown and Marky, you left, you and Liza, you left and started, you know, really making it a company and focusing how was it being married <laughs> and 
Was there a transition phase or was it like, oh, like nothing, like just smooth transition into into your the roles and how that when you start a business, just it automatically things shift and evolve. How did that work for you guys? I would say you have to learn uh, to agree to disagree sometimes. You know, we, we definitely don't always see eye to eye on, on projects. And, you know, sometimes she's right. Sometimes I'm I'm right. But, you know, if you're married, you you know, if you're the husband, you're always wrong. So it doesn't matter. when. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Exactly. It ain't worth being right. That's the new finishing thing with that, you know. <laughs> Somebody yeah. wants, you want to be right or you want to have a happy marriage? There you go. <laughs> There it is. That's the protocol right there. Yes, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I can't, I, you know, no, nothing's ever fucking smooth. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, when, when it is, it's great, you know, but I can't say that um, that it's not always a work in progress. And, you know, we continue to kind of learn um, how, how we each work, you know? So. So. Thinking about that, you know, um, being able to parlay your guys's passion and things that you're into to a business, you still have to figure out what clients, you know, how do you, there's sometimes when you're like starting off certain things, you're just like, let me just get this money. Let me just da, 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 da. But then there's also like what I want people to hear, because there might be younger cats listening to this. How important is it to, for you guys personally, to have clients that you kind of align with? I mean, that's incredibly important. But at the same time, you know, you have to understand that you have a skill set that people want. And you have to determine from the very beginning if somebody wants your skill set or if they want you. Mm. And there's a difference, right? You know, it's like hiring somebody and you love the work they do but you don't necessarily want it the way they do it all the time or what what they're about what their authenticity is what what they bring to the table but you admire the way they create you know it's like going to a tattoo artist and you know you don't want anything from their flash book or what they've done personally but you know they can tattoo incredibly and mm. you bring an idea to them and they execute it the way you want it. So you have to determine from the beginning what kind of projects you want to take on. If you want to do something that, you know, is very highly directed or if you want to only take on projects that are more collaborative. And I think it's OK to do both. It just depends on on who you are and what you're comfortable with. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've certainly taken on, you know, projects that don't necessarily speak to to us or to our aesthetic as artists, you know? Um, and when that's clear, the the beauty of, of having the agency is that it, we don't necessarily have to attach the name, right? Yeah. It, yeah. it becomes a corporate gig that's done through the agency and, um, you know, and, and that's it. Not necessarily a market 27 piece, you know? Yeah. Um, so that definitely helps. And yeah, sometimes we do have to, to take those gigs on, um, you know, when the price is right. Um, <laughs> that's real. Yeah. That's just real sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
less creativity, more you gotta pay more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, so you know that, that that definitely needs to happen. But you know, of course, if if it's a company that absolutely doesn't allow, align with with who we are as people, or you know, um, or if they're into like fucked up shit, or if you know, if they don't align with our values, or if it's something that we like just absolutely can't get behind, then there's certainly those times that we just bow out from a project completely. Yeah, you you won't see me fucking with Goya anytime soon. Please, please, please yeah. believe any, it. Any of those, those people, it's like I'm not. There's certain you kind of know where their alliance is when it comes to you know social and political mm-hmm. stance, and steer you know stay steer clear from those people as much as possible. Yeah, and just you know, uh, listening to. Um, Forget what podcast, the one with Maria, you know, Hosa, she, they did a deep dive into Goya. This was mm. like post the number 45 stuff. And I was like, they've been trash, been trash. And mm. they had this artist and I forget her name. And she was part of that um, report. And she was talking about how their whole messaging was, you know, making it like associating Goya with your memories of being part of the household, like how it's just, it just, you you just attach it to your child, a lot of people's childhoods. Right. And so she did a piece where she had, she was just like my childhood and my, my family memories are all for sale. So she did like a piece where she had pictures of different times in her family and she had like price tags over the faces you know mm-hmm. and how like she had to detach like something that meant so much to not just her but her entire family and stuff like i don't know like i was just i didn't know that history right mm-hmm. um but you associate it with you know and i think especially those in the east coast like even more so but like mm-hmm. i don't know it's crazy but i'm just i'm just happy that you mentioned that because people are like oh well it, you know, you forget and keep going. And now it's just like after hearing that and getting more information, I was like, nah, I can't fuck with that shit. Even though they're fucking black beans are the fucking best black beans. I can't do it. I got to make my own sasson. I got to, you know, whatever, whatever. Like, so you got to do what you got to do. Once you know the information, you can't, you know. Okay. So. And that's what you're saying with MSG anyway. So you should be making your own sazon exactly, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I stopped taking their sazon a long time ago, but I was like, they're beans. They're premium beans. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do that anyway. I'll do, I'll do other beans. Um, so let's go into questions from the audience that I feel will, will bring this conversation to, to different places with you guys. Let's do the mm-hmm. first one. It's from episode 25, Man One, a.k.a. Man Uno. He said, how do you separate business with home life or do you? Schedule. That's that's pretty much the only way you can do that. Um, you know, again, it helps having a studio space. And mm. when Liza and I are at the studio together, it's it's pretty much strictly business. You know, like there's a lot of... Uh, things on the calendar, things that we want to get after, things that we want to get done, you know, aside from going out and grabbing lunch and having a little breather from work, um, we, we pretty much are very good about, you know, staying on track with what our priorities are when we're at the studio. Mm. 
Yeah, but there's definitely times when, you know, things spill over at home and, you know, when we have big projects um, that uh, that have that are time sensitive. And, you know, when we have a lot going on, you know, it, it almost feels like we're like working nonstop, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's definitely those moments where there isn't really quite a distinction or a, a fine line between, you know, when we're, when we're just working or when we're, um, familying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. you, you can turn it into something positive. You can turn it into something good. You know, like I had a big project in Durham and the family came out, you know, while I was out there doing what I needed to do and they had a great time while they were out there and, it didn't become an issue and it was nice having that support while they were there. And, you know, we turned a project into a, a mini family trip, you know, yeah, that yeah. happens sometimes. So, it, you know, and then one knows too, I mean, you know, you, you then like put the kids to work and then, you know, <laughs> make them part of the process and, you know, on a production end when we have events and stuff going on, you know, Raina definitely is in there, like helping me set up and helping me, you know, with like, the the production plans and the schedules and stuff like that and how so old is, that, how old is Raina now? She's seventeen. Shut up. Yes, girl. She's a senior in high school. She's about to graduate, go to college, and all that. Oh my god! I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but crazy. then that has like really helped her in her own stuff, you know, and and when she's doing her creative work and. She was able to intern um, a couple of seasons at New York Fashion Week and like all of that hustle and bustle of um, of what we do uh, has definitely found in her life, too. Um, So, yeah, but then other than that, you know, we try and be really intentional about, you know, making sure that, you know, we have our time to like go out to eat as a family or to like sit on the couch and Netflix and chill for hours at a time. (laughs) So, you know, those are those moments, too, that help us disconnect from the work. Staying competitive in these dynamic times means having the right technology at work for your small or medium-sized business. Whether your goal is to grow, downsize, or modernize, Panoply BPO provides the right combination of tools, support, and affordability necessary to make it a reality. Visit panoplybpo.com. That's P-A-N-O-P-L-Y-B-P-O.com to schedule your no-obligation consultation today. Mention WTYM and get your 13th month of service for free. Panoplybpo.com. There is a better way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And for, I don't know for you guys, but for us, you know, both, um, you know, Rock and I both haven't worked for ourselves forever. There was, you know, weekends, you don't know what day it is and stuff like that and everything blends. But for some reason, I don't know why, but during the lockdown, we've made a point to really weekend it a little bit. Like we do a little bit of work, but it's not as much as we used to. So there's some type of... <laughs> I think more so for for little man for supernatural bear like some type of like break time like dedicated family time and I think that helped because I think it was just blending too much 
in. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So next question: um, How do you de- how do you decide which way forward when you hit a fork in the road? This is also from N one. It depends on the fork in the road, right? Because we've we've had um, we've had challenges where you know we have a client and you know we have a system set up where there's only so many you know revisions they can make or you know they can change their their mind on a direction and at some point you have to decide is this still worth pursuing because there's i guess what i would say is when you see enough red flags that's that's when you know you have to change directions and sometimes um you don't take a project on because of the red flags you know liza can tell you i had this one phone call and it came from nowhere a big big producer working with a big brand wanted me to basically get on a on a plane within the next 24 hours to fly to mexico city to paint this huge mural but they've never painted a mural before they didn't have anybody there they didn't know where to get the supplies. They didn't know the logistics. They didn't have the wall 100% confirmed. There was just so many red flags that even though it sounded like a huge opportunity, it was it was more like being set up to fail. So mm-hmm. it was hard saying no to, to a big maybe. But the good thing is being in this environment and knowing how many things can go wrong logistically and how like how much of a risk it would be to take on that project. And the fact that they hadn't even had a contract ready or anything legitimate, but wanted to put me on a plane before any of that was just a huge red flag. So yeah, you you know, every case is different. I'm I'm not sure how Liza feels about some of the forks in the road. Um, I guess when I think about forks in the road, it's more like on on a personal or like interpersonal kind of level. Um, you know, we've certainly come to points where um, we've had to like really step back and reevaluate um, what's the best path forward, you know, and, you know, some of that means like, okay, let's really redefine who's supposed to be doing what here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, all right, you know, maybe I need, I, okay, let me, let me take a step back and, and say, you know what? I'm not going to have anything to say about, um, you know, what you do creatively or, you know, the creative direction of a project, you know, I'll stick with the business only, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and vice versa, you know what I mean? Then it's like, okay, well, um, you know, let's not, let's make sure that we're both really clear and aligned with, um, with what our roles are and like, who's taking care of what, so that things don't, um, so that things don't get misaligned and so that we're not really like, you know, going back and forth too much with, um, with clients and with what we're supposed to be doing. Um, so, you know, we've definitely had some moments where we've had to step back and, and get really clear on that. And has there been times where, because it's a certain client, um, or certain people or certain opportunities where you each have to kind of check each other because you're just, you're not, you're not like maybe subconsciously not seeing the red flags. Has there been those times where you're just like, Liza, like you're like to Mark, like not, 
we can't do this. Like, I know you want to do this, but da, 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 da. Or you're like, no, you know, you tell Liza, like, no. Has there been those t types of situations in the business for you guys? I don't think so. I think I think um, whenever there are those red flags that we're both pretty attuned to it. And <laughs> we're both like, uh, did you see that shit? <laughs> no, fuck that. <laughs> and you just have to follow your gut, right? You like... Yeah. Your gut is like really the one to really listen to. Okay. So before this next question from some, from two other people, I would like you to look into this chat. Mm. And check. It's so funny. When did you ask these questions to folks? When? Yeah. I look at that picture. So I want you two to look at this picture. It was sent to me by episode nine guest, Matt Twins. Word. Oh, I remember that. And they said, um, ask ask him what night this was. <laughs> that was the, that was at Suru. And that was the, the mini God release in LA, the Suru exclusive. That's what that was. Right on Melrose. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. I'll put this picture if the if if you guys allow me to I'll put it in the on the episode and the show oh, notes so people could see. A, that's a super throwback. <laughs> what year was that? Two two oh two thousand nine two thousand eight. Be honest with you, probably two thousand eight. That's crazy. Time it flies. Does. Time does. flies. Okay, so let's see. They also wanted to ask, um, from Powwow, Worcester, am I saying that wrong? Worcester? At Worcester. Worcester. What, how do you say it? Worcester. Worcester. <laughs> Probably saying it wrong again. To the Central Square Business uh, Improvement District mural project, how many murals in total does Marka have in Massachusetts? I don't know, man. I lost count. Massachusetts? Um. I it's tough because, you know, New England, it's all over the place. You know, I've, I've painted in Cambridge, um, Boston quite a few times, Worcester. What's the other town? Lynn. What's the end? There's Springfield, a few different places. Probably trying to count them in her in her head, but it's it's been a lot, and it's that's not even counting the, the things that are still writing from the graffiti days when we were painting graffiti, and I was I was in college, you know. Yeah, so a, basically a grip. <laughs> a grip, yeah. <laughs> a grip. Um, I wish I had stuff up in in uh, in LA, but I only have one mural left up in LA, and that's that's the one. Uh, I think what is close to Echo Park. Where the Belmont tunnel, tunnel used to be, there was a mural I did. It's still up. Oh, so so well, one of its one of them is gone, but the other one is still up. The one with Sisqueros oh. and Frida. Oh, nice. And that one's still up. Dope. Uh, another question from the the wonderful Mad Twins. Uh, since Night Market Restaurant in Harvard Square is closed, where do you get your fried chicken skins from? <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's a good question because we haven't had any fried chicken skins. That was the only spot you could get that. 
Um, we're in, we're in New York now, so you'd have to there go to like a yard. Be a place. Oh yeah, there's a spot in the East Village, uh, Otaisho. It's like a yakitori spot, and they got the bomb um, fried chicken skins. But you know, it's been COVID, so we yeah. haven't even been out there. Yeah. Um, but now I'm hungry. <laughs> and then, <laughs> lastly, from the Mad Twins. What year did you guys meet at San Diego Comic-Con? They think it was 2005, 2006, but they're not sure. And they just want to see if your memory was a little bit better. We met at Comic-Con. Man, I would have to say 2005. Wow. Because I think it had to have been 2005. We were still technically living in, in L.A. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Okay. <laughs> Important person. I know. My sound sounds Keep bad. Moving. <laughs> okay. So let's get into that was questions from the audience. Thank you to those people. Um mm-hmm. now we're getting into the not so rapid fire questions, aka the slow as hell questions. So I have mm-hmm. two of you. I'll go, I'll just, you know, go off of and each one starts. Let's start off with uh Liza. Three words that best describe yourself. Um, creative, uh, motivated, and um, funny. <laughs> Marco, <laughs> give it. Give us the threes. Oh, I got to do the same. Yeah, same. But I'll switch <sighs> off to who starts on the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sh- she took my. She took creative already. So, well, if that's you, you say it too for yourself. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm gonna say um, ambitious, disciplined, and uh, prolific. Okay. Next up, you, Marcus, start on this one. What's the best piece of advice you've received? And then we'll go to Liza. The best piece of advice I've received. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say to never hold on to anything, you know, whether it's an, it's a bad experience or a bad relationship or, uh, you know, uh, some trauma from the past, like don't, don't have any baggage, you know, always keep it moving. Always, always, you know, move forward. Mm. You know, and that you know that happens a lot in the creative industries. You have people come in and out of your life, and to hold on to grudges or to to hold on to any kind of baggage, it doesn't doesn't serve any purpose for you. So it's always good to let that stay in the past and just only focus on the present, so you can have a better future. That's good advice because it don't, really doesn't hurt the other people who we have a grudge against. That's what I'm no. learning in therapy. You know, it just yeah. hurts you because they don't know. Right. <laughs> it's not messing it's up their day, but it's messing up your day. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. Liza, what's your, your best piece of advice you received so far? Um, I think to get out of your own way, mm. you know, and and get to all the things that, that you want to do without, you know, really uh, staying in your head too much about it. Um, that keeps you from, from making it move. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. I think especially as creatives and as creatives of color, 
we get in our own way a lot of times because we get that imposter syndrome. We think we don't deserve it. Like all that fucking bullshit. So that's some really good advice. Okay, Liza, you first up on this one. What are you doing to dismantle the patriarchy? What am I doing to dismantle the patriarchy? (laughs) I'm running my business. Please believe it. Yes, I'm running my business and I'm calling I'm calling patriarchy out when I see it, honestly, you know, because um, fuck that Uh, I'm raising two very strong, opinionated, creative, talented girls um, who, you know, are are making a lane for them, their own selves. I do a lot of work on decolonization and really learning about um, my ancestry and um, our history and finding my own lane and power in that Mm -hmm. Um, and really, you know, standing in it and owning it. That's right. Please Mm -hmm. believe it. And -hmm. you're just you're an example, just what you do on the daily. So please believe that shit. Okay, Marco, what are you doing to dismantle the patriarchy? I never, I never fuck with the patriarchy. I hate that shit. Honestly, you know, I do. I, do. I, I never, you can, you know, there's, there's so many strong women in my life, um, you know, and on top of that, there's a lot of creative women that I've always worked with. And having Liza being that number one woman that I've been working with and sharing a life with, She's always been really good at kind of helping me uh, steer in the best direction when it comes to working with artists and working with female artists. And I think having somebody like Liza, you know, on my side just attracts that energy. So, you know, there's there's no thoughts coming up and trying to work with us for the wrong reasons. We, We basically have women that that are like Liza, like minded, who want to move the culture forward, want to be strong, want to do their own thing, want to really they're inspired by Liza and they want to be in a role where they can start their own business or manage their own projects. And Liza has been a great mentor to a lot of younger artists, but also working with, you know, people of her level as well and collaborating with them. So I'll, you know, what I'm doing to dismantle it is by supporting the women that are already dismantling it. That's right. Down for the cause. Next one. Let's see. Okay. Marka, you're up next. What is the song that you put on to get you hyped? Man, I mean, anything James Brown, for sure. Uh-huh. But there's a West Coast joint. Was it um Too Short? Uh-huh. Which one? It's, uh, I don't know the name of the song, but he talks about Dave Chappelle on there. What's my favorite word? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know, just shake their head. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Guilty pleasures, right? Of course. So that gets you. Okay, Liza, what about you? What's your your go-to or one of of the go-tos? What's one of my go-tos? What is it? Win by J-Rock? like that oh yes 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 j-rock yes um okay last question liza you're you're up next what will be your legacy wow you know what 
that's such a funny uh it's funny timing for that question because this is something that i've been thinking about a lot mm. um i'm turning 40 in june Ooh. and so that's like that's really what's on the mind right now you know like really stepping into the next half of our lives and and figuring that out um yeah, I I don't know. I think we there's still a lot of growth that needs to happen and um I certainly want our business to continue to grow and um and really be in a place where it's it's thriving and you know and 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 where I can step back into education but through this lens. Yeah. Right. And start to, you know, really forge a path through, you know, for these young up and coming artists to learn from, you know, what we've been able to build and um, what we've been able to put down as pavers for how to get into this work and do it well. Nice. Nice. Okay, And you over there, Marka? I mean, when I think about legacy, you know, I, I think about Jay Dilla, Kobe Bryant, you know, Nipsey Hussle. And mm. one thing that they all have in common, and all three of them are extremely different people, is how they affected everybody around them. And so for me, it's like our legacy is, is you know, honestly, it's going to be defined by all the people that we've affected you know, and hopefully positive going to always do our work and we're going to always do what's best for our family but at, at the end of the day everything that we're doing and all the projects that we're creating you know we're we're hoping that it inspires people to do even more than we did you mm-hmm. know to go far beyond what we have and you know to you, you think about artists like ray charles for example was the first musician to own his own masters and that created somebody to want to own their own record label, you know. So you have independent artists. And I think us being independent creative artists will hopefully, you know, inspire people and leave a legacy for people to be more independent and to, you know, help lift each other up, especially artists of color, especially artists that are diverse, because that's that's one of our biggest focuses. And we say this because we know that a white male dominated industry you know just about every industry but especially the fine art industry yeah so you know we we want that legacy to be definitely a better future for diverse artists nice so tell the folks what what you guys have on the horizon now that you know the world is completely you know it's changing all the time but it sounds like hopefully we're changing towards light <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh yeah. it's 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 a it's a whole new different situation from a year ago this time so what can people expect from you guys the dynamic duo street theory and beyond what's on the horizon for the 2021s and mm-hmm. going into 2022 when hopefully it could be where we can hug and be out and about and shit right <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see, you know, we're just taking it day by day, (laughs) 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 to be honest. Uh, no, well, you know, 
Victor's working on a body of work right now, like really hyper focused on on his his work and um and you know progressing um a collection that that we could be really uh excited to to show i think um on the business end i'm talking to my other partner moses about some podcasts and you know some stuff together too um we're still in development and the name that we wanted is already taken so you know we feel like double back a bit and and try and like figure things out a little bit more um last at the end of the last year we were able to um show some of our work at the museum of fine arts in boston i saw that and amazing yeah so um we're in talks now about how to grow our collaboration and and partnership with the museum um and so that's like super exciting and hopefully that trickles um through to other museum work with the brooklyn museum and other spots in new york and hopefully in la and and then really um what might be in the horizon is you know really figuring out how to take the show on the road and um and really think about how we could maybe live and work internationally you know in college and you know we just have luna and I'm starting to really think about how we could um, not be so connected to um, what keeps us here in the States and to see how we can expand the yeah. work. In- that's exciting shit. I mean, that's that's the dream. And that's what we were thinking and hoping for until, you know, the world had <laughs> other other ideas for us in 2020 and I think a lot of us uh, maybe you guys as well it's uh, another ongoing theme is like we've all been working hella fucking hard in our mm. in our own lanes with our own you know independent works that 2020 was supposed to be the year mm-hmm. shit was in place yeah. <laughs> travel big bigger clients bigger projects and that seems to be the theme but it was like boom this time last year squash and it was like how do we how do we move through this and survive this shit and i think another through theme is that regardless if you worked at a corporate you were still hustling right before you left three years ago and you as well Liza, like we got that hustle mentality like you're always gonna make it through and it was it's scary for everybody but it was just like yo like how do we parlay this like how do we rethink this how do we make it through and I have to keep reminding myself like you know here we are a year later as a creative mm-hmm. I I didn't really want to create on certain levels like I didn't have it in me and so like how was it for you guys during those times to there's necessity is business, but at the same time to create, did you, were you more inspired by what was happening in the world or were you, or was it like a, you know, a roller coaster for you guys of sometimes you're like, yes. And sometimes like, I don't got it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say that with, for Liza, that's how murals for the movement came about. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it was just the frustration of what I was calling the woke moment. and all of a sudden it's cool and it's okay and it's profitable to be 
you know, politically engaged. And, you know, for, for us, you know, especially some of the work that we were doing, even before street art was a term, we were, we were painting murals about, you know, revolution, about equality. And this was going on in LA, it was going on in Boston, it was going on in New York, everywhere we would go, Mm -hmm. these murals would happen and they were all of the time. So when we saw that, you know, there was people that had no history doing that, jumping on the bandwagon, we, we felt like, well, let's empower artists that have always been about that. Yeah. You know, let's work with Say Adams, let's work with Sophia Dawson, let's work with Pro Black. Yeah. And let's work with artists that have a history of doing that all their lives. And let's let's create a platform where they can do something special and we can do it together. Speaking of Say Adams, um, he didn't have a question or anything, but he just said they're good people. <laughs> and I, I just got it in right now. <laughs> yeah. good people. He he's such good people. I've only met him a couple of times, but just been like always says what's up, send me something. Like just I mean to be a legend like that. Like, yeah, yeah, especially for us, like we like, you know, hip another through fucking thing through Mm -hmm. everyone here. Almost everyone here is that how hip hop has impacted our lives. Yeah, it's in the bones. Like it's it's our culture. Like, you know, we were saying like I'll just had woes on here and we're saying and Kano, we didn't grow out of hip hop. We didn't like love it since the 80s. And then we grew up and got corporate jobs. And then we're like, we left it to the side like. Mm-hmm. It is our vernacular. It's ingrained. <laughs> it's ingrained. Yeah. Like it dictates, it impacts everything we do. Everything we do, even if we're hella fucking corp, we have a super corporate, it, it, it's always a little piece, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like, you know, when people say, I'll oh, do it for the culture. And I feel like you guys and people that I surround myself with, it's like you, the culture, the culture. Do you remember the culture, the elements, right? The, mm-hmm. the the elements is always like to give back as well and the activism and, and speaking what's in the street. So like what you're talking about, you know, like people are trying to jump on the bandwagon. You guys were like, let's get with these people like say and, you know, they have been doing it for a long time. Newer people up in the scene and mm-hmm. give them a platform and a voice because usually those types of people that deserve that voice to be heard don't get heard. So I appreciate and I love what you guys are doing always from jump, but especially now you're like, you know, dynamic duo combined forces <laughs> for the peoples. Like yep. it's a great thing guys. And thank you so much for taking the time to be on word to your mama. And like I said, uh, Marka, you have opened the door to like people that, I talk to on the daily basis and been able to do amazing things with, and it's, you know, people like you can't forget who, who did that for you. You can, Mm -hmm. you can't do it. And if you can stay in contact with them, uh, work with them, give them their props now. So do that kids do everybody when listening, do that fucking shit. But thank you so much guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's fun. Liza and Marka27 live in Brooklyn, New York with their super cool kids Reina and Luna and Dog Kuma. 
Together, they raise a beautiful family while hustling as artists and running their creative agency, Street Theory. Street Theory, activating communities, spaces, and global brands through street art, experiential marketing, cultural placemaking, branding, and design. Visit street-theory.com today. That's S-T-R-E-E-T-T-H-E-O-R-Y.com. And now, introducing the Supernatural Bear Corner. Supernatural Bear. Hello, SMB16. SMB16 here. And um, today, I just want to talk to you guys or gals about the importance of how two partners, whether romantic or not, but mostly romantic, have to work together, the importance of them working together, especially if they have kids, because um, then their lives will just fall apart. And uh, nobody likes that. Yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody. Um, but my mom and dad, they work together perfectly. They're like bread and butter, perfectly. as I like to say. Well, nearly perfectly. <laughs> bread and butter. They like bread and butter. Or in my case, bread and honey or bread and jam. No, no parquet. Ain't no parquet. Ain't no margin. Strictly butter. Um, so if you're in a relationship, remember, you guys or girls have to work together there will be multiple compromises. So um, work together or your life will collapse. Life lesson of the day, SMB 16. But I'm serious, guys. Work together. Bye. Shooby doo-woo-woo-woo-woo. Yeah. There you have it, folks. Episode 26, Word to Your Mama, with the super talented dynamic duo of Liza and Marka 2-7. Dropping gems on how to work together, compromises that need to be made, and how to really stay authentic to your personal vision, to your company's vision, and know when and where to separate the two. You know, separate, separate. Was I saying that weird? Separate the two. I don't know. I don't know where that's coming from, but you know, you know what I'm saying. And then the supernatural bear corner. What, what, what was that? Spreading a little semi lies, some fibs, fibbing a little bit. So I had to check them. I had to usually try not to, to come in from the from the background. But you know, his Papa Bear and I are far from perfect. Please believe it. It's hard work, but you know, when it's done consistently because it's not always done well but if it's done consistently of compromising you can get a lot done um so yeah but thanks for making it to all the way to the end of the episode i appreciate the support as i'm trying to really showcase all the diverse voices of the amazing dope people that i know that just happen to know whether i know them hella well or just from afar and I'm getting to know them so this has been great one way to support is to leave those reviews 
Also, spread the word, subscribe, follow, do all those things. We got um, on the page, you can donate and also become a patron if you want to. Also, I want to make sure that you guys know, because if you don't listen to all the episodes, I created a new link, a new secret page, where a link where you can get uh, mental health resources because of the episode 20, I believe, which was my... Uh, first like solo episode and then um, you just all across the board but especially when we're talking with man uno at the last episode if you go to the links on any of the socials boom you find it right there mental health resources spread those around bookmark it for yourself and uh, yeah until next time we reap Word to Your Mama is produced and owned by Ritz P. Intro is produced by the incomparable Nico Beats. And as always, Word to Your Mama is brought to you by RitzyPerryWinkle.com and Panoply BPO 